If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey everybody, this week's episode of the R&R Show is brought to you by Floodgate Games. And hello, Ruel, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic, Richard, thank you. And how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Uh, kind of a okay. little exhausted after all the work my wife and I have been doing um, with uh, Jen's Ukrainian fundraiser. She has raised over $10,000 now. And she brought wow. so many orders in. She eventually had to shut them off because she's going to be making these little Ukrainian Whitwat um, until probably mid or late April. But it's been so wow. absolutely amazing. We are, are just so... Um, yeah, we, we, I can't even put into words just how amazing the generosity of the board game uh, geekdom has been stepping up. And I hope everybody out there uh, enjoys your little witwad and the, the, uh, the, the notes that Jen threw into the packaging and all that. Phew. Uh, but wow. uh, there is no rest for the weary because we're here to talk about games because it's Tuesday. Or Wednesday if yes. you're watching this later. That's right. So it is Tuesday. We are here at the R&R Show. Thank you for joining us, folks, here on YouTube. And if you don't know, we record this live every Tuesday on Twitch. Yes, so feel do. free to come on over because we do a lot of fun stuff before the show, during the pre-show, and then after the show as well. Sometimes we take Q&A. Um, I'll rank games. We'll talk about We'll do impromptu top threes. It's awesome. We'd love for you to join us. That's every Tuesday, 12 p.m. Pacific, over on Twitch. Yep. And, and if you can't make it, you can always hit that eye in the top right corner screen or follow the links down in the show notes. Uh, because this is the R&R episode 34, but there's the episode 34 extended edition where you get to see all those extra goodies, the Q&A, my revelations about how I personally was responsible for breaking down a worldwide government. All kinds of crazy stuff is revealed in the extended edition of the show. Um, That's right. And that is a true story, folks. You've got to see the extended edition to get that story from uh, Richard. It's it's awesome. Yep, yep, and yep. Speaking of awesome, what do you have uh, on the table there? Oh, I'm right. glad you asked. Uh, let me go to the overhead view uh this is decorum which is a new cooperative game coming from sponsor of the show floodgate games and it's funny actually jen and i uh played this for the first time this morning because i really wanted to have played it with her before i got on and talked about it a little bit and we played mission one and that was so good jen said well let's just go again and we played Mission 2, and we actually finished Mission 3, and we were oh, both cool. just having such a blast. I'm like, honey, I have to stop. I have to get ready for the show that we're about to do. But what <laughs> is it? Uh, this is a, uh, a game where players are working together to decorate the house they live in. There's four rooms, the kitchen, the living room, the bedroom, and the bathroom. And the thing is, as part of setup, we find out what the house looks like when we move in, what type of d- decor is spread around from room to room. But we also get personal requirements, what we need to see in this house to be happy. And the thing is, we cannot share that information. Um, and so every turn we, uh, we are going to basically manipulate stuff like, uh, let's see, based on who I am. No, I don't want to do that because I don't want to spoil anything from mission one. These are the mission one cards, but let's say Ruel, we just moved in together and we see this house. And the first thing I do is I decide to, um, paint, uh, I paint the living room red and that's it. Now, here's the deal. I did that because I have a secret goal. Maybe it's a secret goal that I have to have all rooms on the ground floor painted red. Or maybe it's a secret goal that I have to have rooms painted red, um, you know, the, uh, painted whatever color the lamp is, or something like that. I've got a list of my own goals. The problem is, Ruel, you have a goal that says... Um, Oh, I don't know. Uh, something like, uh, you know, the, the leftmost rooms, they have to be painted green. And you're like, and so I make this change, and all I, all we can talk about is you can say, I love it, which means you saying that, oh, that actually helped you with one of your objectives. Or I hate it, which lets me, all I know is I have just hurt one of your abilities to make your objectives. Or yeah, I could take it or leave it. Uh, in which case, I, I, I suddenly realize me doing this has nothing to do with your objectives. So you've given me a little bit of information, and you have a little bit of information. You know, for some reason, I want a red here, but you don't know why. And so what do you end up doing? You say, yeah, you know what? I like the red, but on your turn, what about green? What about green? 
And now it's my turn. I've got to say, you know what? I like it. It works for me. And because all of a sudden you realize, oh, so obviously I had some kind of objective that could have been met with green paint in, a, in addition to red paint. And um, chances are that objective I've got is going to raise its ugly head elsewhere. And over the course of the game, we're just going to keep adding elements to rooms because, hey, I want to make sure I have got antiques on the top floor. And you know, I have an objective that says I have to have an antique in every room. And look, here's two antiques uh, hanging on the wall. And that's really great. But what if um, Ruel, you have an objective saying that uh, you have to have one room that's all green. And so later on, you go and do this. And you're like hoping that, oh, all I, all I needed was this, but no, I needed this to be an antique. And so then I got to decide, well, crap. Okay, you need that. And I tell you, that was really bad for me. Do I change it back? Or later on, do I say, no, that's okay. I'll just put an antique um, um, painting in the room instead. And then you say, yeah, that's okay. So over time, we start learning more about each other. And it's interesting, each one of these cards has a little thematic description that kind of gives you certain clues as to what somebody might like. And we're supposed to introduce ourselves and all of that, so that's all very fun. And now, it might still seem impossible through this you know, passive communication, but after a certain number of rounds have passed, we will have a meeting of the minds. And each player gets to tell the other one of their requirements. And whatever the thing is that you've been doing that's been driving me crazy for the whole game, I can suddenly tell you. But it turns out, I look at my list, I have to tell you both of these things. Which one do I tell you? Because you keep messing up both of them. And so, and meanwhile, you have the same thing, and it is a blast. Like I said, um, I had other things to do this morning. So did Jen. But she just kept wanting to play a mission after mission after mission with this, because it's so fun. Uh, if you play two-player, it comes with this uh, campaign of 20 missions that you play through, uh, and certain things are unlocked over the campaign. I will not show you what these are, but I've gone on ahead and looked, and these are awesome. These additional things that get added over the course of the game. And now if you're playing at higher player counts, there's all of these that can be played as three or four. And the thing is, to make the game work, there have to be fixed puzzles, because it can't be that it's literally impossible for us to achieve the same thing. So the game comes with a fixed number of puzzles, but, as I understand it, the developer are already developing tools that will allow randomly generated missions that will give infinite replayability. So those are going to be coming soon, as is the game itself. And, uh, yeah, it's a blast. The first couple yeah. missions were pretty simple, and just like, oh, is this a little bit simple? Then we got to the third one, and we really started butting heads, and we just kept, uh, you know, there was at one point where Jen systematically, okay, well, how about this one? And I say, nope, and I removed it. Okay, what about this one? And it was like we were actually getting into a fight over how we were going to, and we were kind of role-playing it. Because you can just say, yeah. I love it, I hate it, whatever. But no, we always end up saying, oh my god, that, that pulls the room together. That's perfect. Or, were you raised in a barn? How can you think that's acceptable? And you just end up role-playing throughout. And the interesting yeah. thing is, I played this at um, Dice Tower West Convention with a couple of guys in a yes. three-player game. I never, I didn't know them from Adam, but we were doing the exact same thing. Just We couldn't help ourselves, but role-playing through it. Oh, there's one more brilliant thing. When you're playing at these higher-player counts, when you have those meetings of the minds, or room um, uh, house meetings, they're called, everybody has... Um, uh, you know, cards with fewer um, objectives, but then we all have a bonus objective. And when we get to the meeting of the mind, if I'm playing a three-player game, I can show my extra objective to one of you, but not both. And so now two people around the table understand why this has to be this picture. And the other player is then trying to figure out what is trying to go on. It's really cool, really fun. Very, very frustrating game. I love imperfect hidden communication games, or uh, uh, cooperative games. And this is just one of the coolest I've seen decorum. And that's what's on the yeah. table. Yeah. I, I was also very fortunate to play it at oh, Dice West. I got to play, yeah, I got to play with Ian from Floodgate Games mm -hmm. and also Amanda Panda and Shannon from Chip Theory. We dove deep. We went to like one of the expert missions right off the bat, and boy, it was no joke, man. Yeah. It was such a great experience. And you know what? You're right. Like, so I did this one, and then I also got a, a, a sneak peek at it during Gen Con for a two-player version. But both times I noticed, and you're absolutely right. You get in the role playing game, uh, role playing. Of you this can't just stop instantly. yourself. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, you're just you're just doing. It's like oh, that looks so tacky, or oh, that's <laughs> perfect. You know, it's like what kind of taste do you have? It's it's so much fun, and yeah, it, it, it's a fantastic game. Uh, decorum, love it, love right. it, love it. Well, um, that awesome. is one game, but we are here to talk about a bunch more, folks. You came for a top ten crowdfunding Kickstarter game found games, didn't you? Well. 
We want to give that to you. But before we do, um, there's one other uh, fundraising campaign that's going on right now that Will and I want to talk to you about. And if there is only one thing you back this month, please consider backing the Uganda Village Board Game Convention 2022. This is such a big deal. It has the potential to change the lives of hundreds of children. And if you come to this, there will be a link for this down in the show notes. So definitely go check it out. Uh, If you come to this page, watch this video. Watch these kids talking about about what a difference board games have made in their lives, as well as the education. This is actually a convention that's being run by a local school, and they're just trying to get all the resources they need to be able to bring hundreds of kids in and house them for days so they can play. Like, this kid right here, I was, I, I, my jaw hit the floor when he said, oh yeah, my favorite game is uh, Great Western Trail. I really love that one. It's taught me a lot about problem solving. And I'm like, oh my gosh. It is so important to remember that what our hobby can do. And if you have ever been in a situation where you ask, what can I do to help spread the hobby? This is it right here. And in fact, I feel so strongly about it. And they've got a ways to go. They've got 26 days left. They're trying to hit their five or their 4,100 pound uh, target. I'm going to do it right now uh, and put my money where my mouth is. 100 pounds. Donate. Let's do it. And um, yeah, don't need to uh, all right. Oh, let's, I need to sign be in. Sure you don't, okay, yeah. hold on a second. Uh, let's, uh, let's let's cut the scene here just to make. There it is. There, there we go. There we go. <laughs> we got you know. There's a thing called security. We got we got to be safe here. Um, but but that's wonderful, Rich. I, I I admire that you're doing. I will also be backing this, folks. I won't be doing it live, but uh, I will be backing this as well because I do truly believe in the power of games that will change lives. And not only you know these kids, not only are they being educated and learning about these, this great hobby, but remember, folks, these are the future gamers and game designers. Yes, right? yes. So who knows? Out of these, who one of these kids may be the next Alexander Fister? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so. Let's give them the opportunity. Uh, Richard, I'm going to follow your lead right after we're done recording this. I will also be backing this. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So please, folks, um, if you follow the links down in the show notes. Uh, they actually have some very, very cool rewards. You could just back just to give the money, but they have things where you can get passwords. So you can actually play with the kids digitally. Um, or you nice. can get autographed pictures of the event sent, you know, autographed by the kids. So there's a lot, there's some cool stuff you can get out of this as well. But the main reason to do it is to know that you're literally reaching across the world and helping people and making their lives better through the literally the power of board games, which is what brought us all here today. And so yes. I'm super excited about it. So again, if there's all in this, uh, we're about to do a top 10 countdown, but this is the number one, um, you know, crowdfunding game uh, that's available yep. in the month of April. Definitely. Yes, yes. Okay. So go check it out, folks. Uh, Again, there is a link in the show notes below. Feel free to check that out. And we would love to see this uh, get funded. I'll be backing it real soon here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many of you are like me. Oh, I only discovered board games late in life. Let's let these kids discover it early in life and just change the trajectory of their lives. Yeah, I mean, we could literally do that. So anyway, but okay, enough about that. Um, I think we've made the folks wait long enough. Well, do you have a few other Kickstarter and GameFound games you would like to talk about today? I do, and we, I've got I've got plenty. And again, as we do these shows, uh, every this, this one we do every month. And yes. like you, I'm sure we had this huge list of games we want to talk about, but we have narrowed it down to our personal top ten, folks. This is the R and R top ten uh, games on uh, crowdfunding games coming up uh, that we're looking forward to. But you know, before we get going, why don't we talk about a secret word? Oh yes, let's do that. Let's do that, shall we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Here's the deal, folks. Um, that game I just talked about, Decorum, which is awesome sauce. I cannot stress enough. One of you lucky viewers is going to get to win a copy mailed to you anywhere in the world, courtesy of sponsor of the show, Floodgate Games. But, well, how do they win? Well, how they're going to win it, folks, you're going to watch the show and you're going to listen to us. One of us is going to say the word purple. And when you see P-U-R-P-L-E, the color purple, uh, when you hear that, make a note of the game that we're talking about and send the title of the game, not the color purple, but mm-hmm. the title of the game to uh, an email to contest at rondo.com and you'll be entered to win your very own copy of Decorum. Now, why did we pick the word purple? You have to watch the pre-show for that. Uh-huh. And that's live every Tuesday, friends. You can yep. uh, find out exactly why. And, you know, honestly, it was the audience that picked the word for us. So you can be one of those that help us pick the word every Tuesday. And, again, send the game name in a subject to contest at rado.com for your chance to win decorum. The hint, the purple has to do with parrots and rainbows. 
but that's all we'll <laughs> oh, say. Great hit. Yeah, that's all we're going to say. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. I love it. All right, folks. Well, that's it. Listen for Purple. One of us is going to say it. Send that email in. And you have until, let's see, let me pull up the calendar, until April 5th, 2022, to get that entry into contest at raw.com. Uh, if you missed the window, sorry, but you know what? We do this every week. We'll be giving away something next week, too. So definitely be sure to tune in. Okay, then, without any further ado, Ruel... Oh, whoa, whoa, wait a second, Richard. Aren't we forgetting something? Uh, yes. Yes, I am. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. Folks, before we get to the main list of the 10 that we're really excited, uh, we've got a few other games to talk about because there are actually several games that are going to be covered on the channel in the month of April and maybe May in some cases. And uh, we generally don't put those on our top 10 list because we're already covering them. And um, we're already really excited about them. And so we want this show to be about um, you know highlighting as many things as possible. So, without any further ado, let me come over here and talk about another, geez, looks like maybe 12 games or so. Uh, let's start with Auto, or I'm sorry, um, Assault on Doom Rock, the Ultimate Edition. Actually, this might be live this very second. Uh, when I woke up this morning, it was supposed to go live. It hadn't gone live yet, but um, Shay has done a fantastic run-through of one of my favorite fantasy co-ops of all time. This is a new Super Ultimate Edition, streamlines the gameplay. Uh, if I haven't, if you haven't seen it yet, you'll see the video for it very shortly. Uh, it's got a great sense of humor, a really unique uh, approach to combat, and uh, we're going to be covering it on on the channel this month. Then we've got Autobahn. Uh, this Ooh. is one I covered. Oh yeah. my goodness. This is fantastic. You'll be able to see my run through for it coming soon. This is a very crunchy uh, Euro game all about Germany recovering from the Second World War all the way up to the modern day, rebuilding their industry thanks to the extension of the Autobahn. And here's the thing that really makes this stand out, Ruel. It's a pick up and deliver game that Jen and I actually like. Which is uh -huh. a rarity. Nice. And when you see how they did it, you're like, wow, why don't all pick-up and deliver games do it this way? Okay, then there is Cookie Run Kingdom, the board game. Now, this is tied in, I guess, with a very popular app video game, which I have not played. It looks very adorable. It's about a kingdom being built by little gingerbread uh, people, and then they have to fight <laughs> off monsters and whatnot. And um, we'll be having coverage of it uh, when it goes live. Then there is Citrus, which is interesting. We first talked about this last year in a show much yeah. like this one we're just like hey this sounds really cool and um, the developer it's actually funny the developer of Citrus did a reaction video of us talking about the game um, you know oh, saying where we got it right course, yeah. and where we got it wrong it was awesome I was just watching it this nice. morning uh, but anyway it turns out uh, yeah it seems really cool and we are going to be covering it when it launches uh, this is a game that is best uh, described as uh, Matt Damon's Elysium the board game it's a worker placement slash action action selection game with a, uh, a, a table presence that supplants uh, Everdell. And actually, in terms of looks and functionality, watch for that run-through coming soon. Then there is Damask. This is interesting. This is a more abstract game about spinning silk. And you know Rodney Smith of Watch It Played? He always says, I never give opinions about anything. I just saw a video of him talking the other day saying, this is one of the best games I've played recently. Um, when he, when he oh, saw wow. it at Aircon in the UK. It made... I mean, he right. was very excited. And so... If Rodney is going to break his own self-imposed gag rule and say, this is a game I very much enjoyed, well, it's probably something that's worth paying attention to, and we'll be covering it when it goes live. Then there is Dead by Daylight. I'm not sure if we're going to get this one in time. Uh, we're still trying to figure out uh, you know, when the launch date is and if we'll get the prototype. If so, this will be a, um, a vampire hunting game uh, with a really great presentation that Shay will be uh, covering. And then there is um, um, a Dune Hall. Pearl of the Silk Road. And, you know, I brought Shay on the channel mostly to cover, um, you know, adventure-y, Ameritrashy-style games. This is one he was so excited about, and he did a great job. You'll see his video run-through for it soon. This is a, uh, a worker placement, goods conversion-style game. The interesting thing about it, being set on the Silk Road, is every time you play, you combine a different combination of modules that adds a different set of unique game-changing rules. So the game keeps reinventing itself every time you play. 
Very, very neat sounding. And then there is Nightmare Cathedral, which I believe has already launched. But in theory, a, uh, a, a prototype is on its way to us now, so we hope to have a video up before the campaign for it is over. What's interesting about this is, you wouldn't know it, this is from Board and Dice. And it has all the interesting, crunchy gameplay, uh, Euro gameplay of a Board and Dice game, but it's a gothic horror setting, which is unlike anything they've ever done before. So that is very, very interesting. Paradox Initiative is a remake 2.0 reboot of of a very cool Bejeweled-style Euro-y puzzle game I covered over half a decade ago. I just finished filming this the other day. Very impressive. It improves in every possible way. And... Um, if w- probably the most important or the most amazing thing to me about this game is the lineup of artists on this game is oh, absolutely sorry. phenomenal. Uh, I believe the baseball term is a murderer's row of incredible <laughs> artists. Uh, you know, think of all the biggest names in the industry. There's a good chance they worked on Paradox Initiative. I'm not going to name names because they're going to be rolling that out as it gets closer to the campaign. But oh my gosh, wait till you see uh, just how beautiful this game is. And then Sea of Legends, um, Vengeance of the Empires, I believe. And we actually Uh covered this last year. And so this is a new expansion of a very, very cool and very popular narrative-driven adventure on the high sea pirate game. And Stellar Expedition. Uh, When I watched Shay do his preview for it and his final thoughts, he said, you are never going to get closer to Star Trek the board game than this game uh, because it is all for the most part about peaceful exploration of the galaxy yes combat happens sometimes but um, this will give you all of the Enterprise vibes or by which I mean um, Star Trek Next Generation vibes um, so it seems very very cool Through Ice and Snow another I mean man there's a lot coming Ruel oh my yeah, goodness there's so much good yeah. stuff here uh, this, <laughs> yeah this is a, a big uh, another interesting Euro game all about um, charting a passage through the uh, or you're charting the Northwest Passage and the interesting thing about this one, we've talked about this one on a previous uh, you know, upcoming Kickstarters as well, is that um, players, even though we're competitive, we're all competing for glory, we're all part of the same expedition. And so what one player chooses to do affects everybody as we try to explore, as we try to build infrastructure, as we try to make connections. Um, and it's very, very sharp. My run-through of that will be coming soon. And then the last one, I don't have a picture for. It's called Unseen Domains. We may not get this one in time. This one might be in a future month. But I put up a box cover for Asonia because this is from the same publisher as a Sonya. It's set in the same dark alternate uh, middle, uh, you know, middle ages Europe as a Sonya where magic has shown up. And um, actually every game that publisher Unseen Domain or uh, the publisher has put out is set in this contiguous Unseen Domains. And this is, I believe, the fourth game set in their universe. And it's the biggest, boldest, splashy uh, adventure game. A Sonya uh, is one of the best deck builders I've seen in years. So if they did such an amazing job um, in their Unseen Domains universe with a deck builder, I'd be very interested to see when Shea covers it when they do a big, expansive, um, you know, exploration, adventure-style board game. Phew! That's Woo. a lot. Thank you for reminding that me. That is a lot. Okay. Yeah, no problem. All right, so okay. let's get back to it then. Let's talk about uh, a bunch of cool Kickstarter games we're excited about. Uh, you're taking the yeah. number 10 slot, right? What is I number will. 10? Number 10 on our list of top 10 games on Kickstarter is... Yes, yes. Coming up, coming up. Get ready for it. You ready for it? I am ready for it. Dark Quarter. Dark Quarter, folks. Coming soon, or real soon, from Lucky Duck Games. Okay. This is actually a partnership that Lucky Duck Games and Van Ryder Games are doing together. Um, This is from Evan Derrick. Now, that... Designer, if you don't know, I do not know. Designed some fantastic games: Detective, City of Angels, Final Girl, which was a huge hit, Um, and also uh, Dark Moon, which I haven't played, but I know it's a similar. uh, It's a similar game to uh, Battlestar Galactica. But anyways, Dark Quarter. What this is, and the reason why they're partnering is Lucky Duck has done a series of games called Chronicles of Crime. Okay. And it is an app-driven game, uh, you know, uh, a mystery detective-solving game. So they've taken that, the um, the technology part of it, and partnered with Evan Derrick and Van Ryder Games to put together this uh, story. It's set in 1980s New Orleans. So we've got this sort of like, you know, sort of noirish, dark vision of the city. And you're going to be playing. It's a rich, dynamic story. Players make decisions. And you're going to try to solve the, uh, the mystery here, the, uh, solve the crime here. And what's really cool, what I'm really excited about, not only uh, just the marriage of the you know the app and also the gameplay is that the characters that you're playing 
they don't they, they don't change from scenario to scenario. This is a multi scenario campaign, folks. They're woven into the fabric of the story itself. So you know, as the characters change, decisions are going to change, um, characters are going to change, and some of the events are going to change. I think this is going to be a huge hit uh, just based on, you know, the you can see here on the uh, Board Game Geek page some of the early stuff here. Wow. I, I, I'm i just excited because I know how good City of Angels, uh, uh, Detective City of Angels was. And also, I haven't played Final Girl yet, but people love that game. And I think uh, when you throw in the possibilities with, like, the Chronicles of Crime-style app, wow. this is going to be a huge hit. No, that's a yeah, big so- deal. Right? Yeah, Check yeah, yeah. Check this out, friends. Yeah, Dark Quarter from uh, Lucky Duck Games. Cool, an excellent entry. I, I have to admit, I am embarrassed that I did not know the designer because I have played Detective City of Angels, and it's phenomenal. And I have not yeah. played Final Girl, but I played its prequel, Hostage Negotiator, which I assume same. is from the same designer again, and that was a yep. phenomenal game, too. So you have definitely... Yeah. I mean, I saw that on the list, and I'll be honest, just based on the box art, it didn't really grab me, and I didn't look past that. I said, oh, yeah. uh, a murder mystery thing. Okay, I don't know. But Lucky Duck Games and Van Ryder working together... That's a pretty yeah. that's you know that's a superhero um you know team up if ever I heard one that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, definitely. And you know, it's got the you know, not only do you have the app uh you know cuz you know Lucky Duck knows how to do their thing with uh, Chronicles of Crime, but then you throw in uh, Evan Derrick who's done uh, Detective uh, City of Angels, super thematic and you meld the two, I think it's going to be a huge hit and I'm looking forward to it. That is Dark Quarter from Lucky Duck Games. I love it. Okay. Well okay. then, let us move on to number nine on the list. Let's see if I can get this on the screen. Yeah, number nine is Royal Hospital, which I believe oh. is going to be coming on Kickstarter uh, this month, very, very shortly. And uh, I have to admit, I've got a soft spot for the subject matter. I am very, very keen on uh, hospital management. There's been quite a few games over the years that have done it, although a lot of them tend to be on the lighter side or you know, they take their inspiration from Theme Hospital. But the thing that really grabbed me about Royal Hospital, uh, which you can uh, you know, go to Kickstarter and you can click the button like I have to be notified when it goes live. By the way, folks, that is true for every single one of these campaigns we're talking about today. Scroll down into the show notes. There will be a link taking you to the pre-launch page. Um, and you will be able to to learn more. So, anyway, uh, Royal Hospital is a game... Let's see, I, I, there's not much here on the pre-launch page, but I just want to show a little bit on the Facebook page, which I just loaded up too, of some people playing a prototype. This game uh, is a card-driven one that has a lot more going on. There's a ton of stuff that's being um, uh, 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 modeled in this simulation, and uh, reading it uh, you know, and, and looking more into it, I very much get a vibe of a game from last year that I really really, really dug a lot, Funfair, which was, you know, a really rich engine building game all about, you know, making the best, you know, carnival attractions and rides you can do. In this game, it is a car-driven engine building game where you're trying to run a hospital. And so a lot of the cards you play end up making you specialize in certain things, but um, all of them make you stronger at what you're here to do, save people's lives. And, um, you know, and how are you going to get the funding for that? What do you specialize? I mean, what type of doctors do you have on hand? What uh, types of uh, transportation do you have access to? Ambulances and helicopters to rescue lives. And um, so there's, there's a, a, it seems like, from what I've seen, a fairly robust hand management, engine building element game where, okay, I'm really going to focus on these things. I'm going to be really good at that. And now I want to start doing that. What's the other half of the game? Curing the patients. And the interesting thing about that is they're all a bunch of cards that are all face down. And you just know roughly, I believe, what the severity is. But it's not until you say, okay, I'm going to put that patient um, you know, bring them to my hospital, get them on the helicopter, get them on the ambulance, whatever it is, bring them over here, and then you flip them over and you find out what do we actually have to do. Because it's not until you get them, you know, in the uh, the uh, critical care room or the OR, and you open them up, that you find out, whoa, we really need these particular resources to be able to pull it off. And as soon as you do that, as soon as you discover, a clock starts ticking for these people. And um, I'm always big on games where the passage of time is a major element of the game. And so over time, once they've been flipped, they only have a few rounds, and you just put more tokens on them to indicate that they are getting closer and closer. You have to get the resources in place. Will your engine provide that? This all sounds fantastic to me. Again, I love the subject matter, um, and uh, I I love a really good uh, card engine game. And like I said, last year, Funfair just knocked our socks off, and um, number nine, Royal Hospital, might do the same. 
Yeah, this was uh, this just missed the cut for me, but oh, yeah. I am yeah absolutely one hundred percent interested in this subject matter as well. I've got a lot of family in the uh, medical industry, uh, oh, really? hospitals, and and whatnot. Yeah, and Michelle, actually, my wife uh, used to work as a respiratory therapist way back in the day. Oh my so, gosh! Yeah, anytime there's any kind of medical uh, theme game, she's like, we got to check it out, and this is definitely <laughs> going to be one that we want to look at. So great choice, all right, hospital. Okay, let's move on to our number eight li- uh, on the list, folks. Number eight is. Birds of a Feather, Western North America. Western uh, North America. This is a yeah. This game is from a new company that yes. was uh, just recently announced. Uh, the company's name is Snowbright Studio. Um, this is a reimplementation of a game called Birds of a Feather, mm-hmm. which I played many many years ago at one of my first like public game nights. Oh my god! And they have reimplemented this. Yes, and I'm super excited. It's a it's a lighter game, but what they've done is taken a lighter game and added just a bit uh, a little bit more strategy uh, involved. And what you're doing is you're you're going to be you're looking for birds, right? And yeah. you know I love the fact that birds are like the hot thing these days. You know, wingspan <laughs> and, and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, here you'll also be looking for birds. You're, you know, you're literally a, a, a bird watcher, and uh, you're going to see different birds and different habitats. And where you do, each player simultaneously is going to reveal a card, and you're going to mark off that card, like what bird you saw, what habitat, and so forth. And it, the game progresses. I think it's uh, you know like seven or eight rounds until you play all of your cards from your hand. And each one that you mark off it may help other players as well. Right. So the, the habitats are like different colors, like blue, yellow, purple, whatnot. And if they, you know, if you have, you know, a card that plays in that, you will score it and so will someone else. And what you're trying to do is, you know, gather as many birds as you can uh, in your habitat and what you've seen. Um, I remember this, you know, again, as a, 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 like a game that started our game nights back in the day, you know, light and fun, yet just enough there for a series of, uh, I mean, more hardcore gamers as well. And uh, what they've done to, for the update is, you know, improve the, or done new artwork. They've yes. uh, supposedly improved the graphic design. They also include a mini expansion and, um, additional rules for a two and three player game because from what i remember this plays great at like six and seven players so i'm really looking forward to this and that is birds of a feather western north america yeah i'm really interested in this one too i also very much enjoy a good bird themed game and yeah. um by the way the pictures are, are from the earlier version that was from a half a decade ago as you said it's all yeah. going to get completely revamped you know latest cutting edge art but i like the idea that once i play a given bird that means on future turns other players want to play the card that matches what i played so i've kind of yes. opened the door for them and i think that's so really cool this idea that we're just kind of playing them and putting them in the center and then oh these are things we can all score in the future. But did you ever play it as a two-player game back in the day? Because I don't know how that works or if it's going to be better at higher player counts. Yeah, and that's why I'm really curious because I never, I've always, I've played this only at a minimum like five players. Mm -hmm. It would always be like, I remember whenever, who was there first at the game night, we would all play this together. And um, yeah, no less than five. So I'm really curious to see how the two and three player new rules are implemented. Yeah, me too, me too, definitely. Okay. All right. Well, that is cool. Um, Let's then move on to number seven on the list, Kingdom Come Deliverance, which is not on Kickstarter. This one is actually on GameFound. Let me uh, go ahead and bring that up. And... Uh, wait, wait, this is a project draft. Uh, you can go ahead and continue. And um, so this is a narrative adventure co-opter game set between the uh, Crusades and, uh, you know, uh, the Hussites and the common folk to con the middle. Um, I, what I'm interested in um, is the way that they want to go about doing storytelling in this game. There's actually not that much information here, as I recall. But actually, interestingly, they just say, if you go to the GameFound page, first of all, you can mark that, hey, I'm interested, I want to follow this. But then you can follow the link to BoardGameGeek. And I will now open um, that, because the description here gets a little bit more interesting. And they do show some of the components. It's, uh, you know, the world expands. It's uh, off of a bunch of cards that get played as we move around. And and we have, you know, typical... um, I don't think there's any fantasy in here. I think this is more kind of like a hard history type uh, world that we're in. I'm not 100% certain about that. But what really got my attention, this is going to be the second time today, folks, um, that Ro and I are talking about how excited we are about apps in our board games. 
because the, uh, this game has a very, very strong app integration for the telling of stories. And they really do talk about that a lot in this description, about how the world remembers what you do and will actually change and you will develop relationships with these people. Stuff that can be done with traditional stacks of cards and shits and whatnot, but to become very, very difficult and burdensome to keep track of all that stuff. And this game, the app does that for you. And we've seen this in other games, Mansions of Madness and whatnot, but it seems like the implementation, the integration between the game and the app is even stronger here. And actually, what really caught my attention and and fired my imagination more than anything else, really, was the adaptive sound design. Your actions not only alter the story, but the soundscape itself. I don't know about you, Ruel, but we have a really nice Bluetooth speaker in our game, uh, or on our game table, and we just fire up Melodice and play music, you know, that's kind of thematically tied to the games. I love the idea of a game that has a soundtrack that as we change things, as things get more dark or grim, or we have a big success, that the music will actually change dynamically to respond to the experiences we are having in the game. That... It's, it sounds like a dumb little thing, but music is so incredibly important and creative, evocative yes. and emotionally powerful moments. And I don't think anybody's hardly done anything with it. And so, but it seems like this is kind of a cornerstone of this app-driven um, medieval era uh, uh, you know, adve- narrative adventure. So I am excited and interested in all of that stuff. And oh my gosh, why is none of this on screen? Has none of this been on screen the whole time? No, so what is what's going on? What the on? heck? Oh, yeah, am I in the room? Oh, hold on a second. Yep. Okay. And, oh, I well, said open in this window. Okay, I'm going to stop for a second. I opened in a new window, and I didn't know. And I was showing you all these pictures all this time of the game. I, I, just, <laughs> I thought because the page wasn't live, there were there were no links. So I was like, oh, yep. okay. But you know what? I, I want to comment up to I love that fact that you have a living, almost like a living, breathing soundtrack to the yes. game as it's played. That is so exciting to me. I, I love that. Like, you know, you're going to be playing, you have your little sound check, and then as things get more intense, the music ramps up. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. very cinematic, right? I think that is awesome. Wow, that's so cool. Yep. I had no idea this was like that. Yeah, that's what really drew me in. Um, And I, I will definitely be wanting to learn more as this thing goes live. So I've definitely got it marked uh, because, again, I mean, I know some people out there just want nothing to do with it. And you know what? That's fine. This is not a game for you. Not all games are for everybody. But for folks like me and Ruel, and we're excited about how the industry can evolve and change and how games can be more than just things that sit on, I mean, I want a game that's an active participant that knows what I'm doing and makes decisions about that and actually changes itself. And an app will do that for you. Sure, I could go play a role-playing game and get a human dungeon master. That's great too, but that's not really something Jen and I can pull off very well together. So that's why games like uh, Kingdom Come, the board game, our uh, deliverance are so interesting to me. And apologies yeah. for not putting the images on screen. I totally had them on the wrong screen. Sorry. But anyway, oh, no let's move on. Yeah. I won't goof that up again. What's our number six, Ruel? <laughs> well, before we get to number six, yeah, I'm yeah. Just, I, I got a comment real quick. I'm glad that you mentioned Melodice because I don't think enough people know Oh about my gosh, Melodice. you're it's right. It's a wonderful site, right? And uh, maybe uh, I'm going to add to your list of things to do for work. But if you could add the link to the, to the uh, show notes, I, I think people would appreciate that. Melodice, folks, if you don't know, uh, here, Richard's showing it right it here is, on yeah. screen. Check it out. I will let you run through it. Just a quick example. Hey, we're going to play some Agricola today. How about I type in Agricola on Melodice.org? Oh, here's all the different games of Agricola and other games that are kind of close. Just Agricola, please. Thanks. And this is a playlist that was actually made by fans of the game. Most of the stuff you'll find in here is taken from video games. Um, But sometimes it's from movie soundtracks or just, you know, classical music, depending on what it is. And, um, yeah, so a lot of this is from, um, you know, Civilization-style video games games. Uh, here's something from Deadwood and, uh, you know, various other things. Anyway, you just start playing and then it just becomes uh, background music. Uh, and um, yeah. if you if there's certain tracks you don't like, you can mark, oh, that one didn't really fit, so you won't hear it next time you come here and stuff like that. It's it's great. I've been using Melodice for years. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, there's yeah. so much in you. Know, and, and don't feel bad if, if you come up with a game, you're like, oh, there's nothing for this particular game. Um, well, that's okay. Just oh, pick another science fiction game or another um, you know Egyptian era game. Okay, if, if, if the game you're playing isn't there, just find Raw. Here's a whole bunch of Egyptian music 
uh, Egyptian thing music that you can play in the background of what of of uh, Tigers and Euphrates. Although I bet you Tigers and Euphrates is well known enough. It has its own list too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Melodice. Um, yeah, Melodice is not here. a sponsor of the show, but it is a great <laughs> system. It, Melodice is why I went out and bought a nice high quality Bluetooth speaker because I just have that paired with my phone, and when we sit down to play, I fire up Melodice and we just start playing music, and it just brings the game to life. Yes, I agree. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I, I love that site, and uh, <laughs> I think more people should be uh, should be aware of it. So, oh yeah, you know, you, yeah. I'll, I'll, sometimes I'll like for, it's easy when you play like a Marvel theme game. I'll just go to, like you know YouTube and throw on like you know they have like ten hours of the Avengers uh, theme music and stuff like that. Yeah, Melodice, very specific, very very cool site. Check that out, folks. But hey, let's get back to our list. Yes, we're going to move on to our number six, which is yeah, coming right up here. Yeah. Come on now, it is Anister. And I, I'm thinking it's Anister, not Anastire. Anister. Uh, this is a game by, let me make sure we got the you got the link there. Um, this is a game from Mythic Games, the new one coming out. Um, wow. This just like all other Mythic productions, it looks awesome. I mean, look at those minis, folks. If you're into minis and games, I mean this this is what you're looking for right here. This is a cooperative game for one to four players, so it does have a solo mode. And you are your hero, you're equipping heroes, you can go fight enemies wizards, warlords, and all kinds of stuff, depending on the different environments that you uh, go on. And as you complete your quest, you're going to level up and, you know, improve your uh, character and uh, in an uh, adventure uh, campaign. And the cool thing about this, I mean, of course, all the cool minis and sure, sure. Uh, everything, all, all that stuff. Uh, they, they said that they uh, tweaked their uh, combat system a little bit to emulate brawler video games. Yeah, what does that mean? Oh, I saw that. Did you? Yeah, you know it's that interesting. That? So they're gonna you've got your you've got your cards, but you also have special dice that you're gonna use to uh, basically, and I've used this word before, do, come up with combo tastic turns <laughs> where you're unleashing the the combos on your you know foes, and hopefully you know, can synergize and uh, you know can defeat the the uh, the baddies there. And um, I just think that's cool. I, I I really I'm looking forward to trying that specific uh, combat because you know there's so many different ways you can do combats in board games, right? And I would like to see how this one works. Um, as always, you know, you have asymmetric abilities. Each hero has a specific deck for that hero. Um, so, that, you know, they have different fighting styles and so forth. And um, as you do the campaign mode, you, that deck will improve and your character will evolve over games and stuff. Right. So um, it seems to be, uh, it appears to be, it's going to be one of those quick playing games. Uh, but because of the campaign, it will take, you know, a while to get through it. So I'm excited about this. Uh, Mythic Games, they, they produce some hits, and that's why I'm looking forward to Anister, and that's our number six. Okay, Anister. cool, cool, cool. Um, is it cooperative, or is it competitive? Do you remember? Uh, yes, it, it is. It is a co-op game. There we go. Okay. Yes. Cool. Well, yeah. that that, that uh, piques my curiosity then, too. Um, yep. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I figured it would, so there it is. Uh, Anister, folks. Yeah, Jen, I were very impressed last year by uh, Mythic's uh, Solomon Kane. Which was a really yeah. far out co op, unlike anything else. So yeah, I mean, if this is a follow up, definitely interesting. Cool, cool, cool. Yep. Alrighty then, move in right along to number five. We have got Thorgal, the board game, and I'm not oh. sure if that means it's t if there's if there's a book or there's a video game that's tied to Thorgal. Yeah. Um, you know, the fact that they call out that it's a board game. I have to admit, I didn't really look at that very closely. Um, what really got my attention about this, and this is on GameFound, by the way, right now, was a few things. Um, one is Portal Games. In Portal Games, uh, they have the, you know some of the best produced games consistently out there, and um, I'm really, really intrigued too. Because, let's see, where was it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this is a big Book of Maps style game. You know, roving adventures all around the world and all of that. I imagine it's probably going to do a lot of the kind of stuff we expect. Uh, let's see, I think that 10 tw uh, standalone scenarios, each one taking, you know, an hour and a half to two hours to play. Uh, they are not a campaign, so it's just a bunch of independent stories. Uh, it's got a book of maps, lots of travel, lots of adventure. All of that is very, very nice. None of that is why I put this on the list. I put this on the list because, while it has a strong narrative element, it also features a fan-favorite selection mechanism similar to Puerto Rico or Race for the Galaxy, where every turn, Ooh. one player chooses an action and everybody else follows that action. 
Yes, please. One yep. of the greatest Euro-style gameplay mechanisms of all time that pretty much only exists in the realm of Euro-style games. There's lots of games that have done it over the year. Transferring that over into a big, bombastic, um, you know, heavily produced adventure game, that's interesting. That's, you know, that is chocolate and peanut butter. Um, You know, that is fusion (laughs) gameplay, which is why I'm really, really stoked. And again, and, you know, I mean, Portal Games, their big thing is storytelling in games. I mean, you know, their founder, not sure, he wrote a book called Storytelling in Games, or or, I forget the exact title. So, I mean, I have the utmost confidence this is going to be an engrossing narrative, but a narrative not driven by the traditional, oh, yeah, let's just move three steps and roll some dice and hit some bad guys, but using, um, you know, uh, uh, know, the following mechanism from some of my favorite games of all time. That really gets me interested in a big way in Thorgal, the board game. Yeah, you know, I I remember seeing this and I just, I I passed over it. I didn't even realize it was a portal game, but then I had no idea it had that Puerto Rico slash Race for the Galaxy mechanism. That gets me excited, so I need to check this one out as well. Yeah, that's great. Okay, good call. Uh, We're going to move on to our number four now, friends. Let's do it. It is, come on now, four? Let's see, is it showing up? You can do it, number four. Open a second. Come on, four. Fujiyama. Okay. This is a lesser known game. Did you? I don't know if you saw this one. I, oh, you I know what? I did see this. I did, did okay, see good. this, and I actually cool. spent some time looking at it, and I just yeah. couldn't quite get my head around it. So please yeah, so, inform me because yeah. I mean, it looks lovely. Uh, it looks so it warm and charming and inviting. It says it's yeah. heartwarming yet strategic. So yes. Uh, um, oh, let me put it on the screen. That, How about yeah? That, there we yeah, go. That's the one. That's the one that got me in, uh, right there. Heartwarming yet strategic. And I actually went to the uh, web page, and it is a Japanese-based company. And you know, there's just this thing with you know the Japanese uh, board game designers. I mean, they're they're doing they're doing some wonderful work out there. They have the Tokyo Game Market what twice a year. Uh, Oint Games is based there. Very cool games. Very streamlined. And in this case. Fujiyama. This is actually not one, but two games. You're going to be backing Fujiyama and also um, Ajisi, I believe. But we're going to talk about Fujiyama first. You're, this is about the creation of Mount Fuji, and it's a tile-laying game. And I, again, it is beautiful, but here's the thing, uh, Richard, that I'm really excited about. This is a, a tile placement game where, you know, instead of taking tiles from a common like uh, deck or whatever, right. you're going to take tiles from your opponents on either side of you. Okay. And that's what's going to ter- determine how your you know view of uh, Mount Fuji is uh, created. It almost reminds me if you if you ever played Lanterns, the tile uh, game back in the day from Oh my gosh, um, yes. Chung, uh-huh. It sort of reminds me a little bit about that, where your opponents can sort of determine what you get. Uh, but this this is more strict uh, tile play uh, tile placement. And what this is cool is uh, what makes this really neat is that if they take your tiles you don't just get hose or you you don't just take your tiles or whatever you're going to get compensated with like an animal piece so that'll help your score and stuff so again it looks beautiful i'm really interested to check out that um uh mechanism and then the second game that they're also um kickstarting at the same time is ajasai oh uh, a-j-i-s-a-i okay yeah it's going along with that. If you could scroll down to the bottom there, it, uh, yeah, right there it says Nanaro Hydra. Yeah, it's about hydrangeas. Hydrangeas, okay. Is, yeah, it's this yeah. one. All right. Yes. But here it is. Uh, you see the beautiful hydrangeas? It's an Othello-style battle game. I have not played Othello, Ooh. but I know it's a classic abstract. They've taken that and, you know, replaced it with this whole beautiful uh, hydrangea, you know, flowers and stuff. And, you know, I don't know Othello, but what I do know is that you're going to be flipping these tiles and changing colors depending on where you move and you can trap your opponents and stuff. So it is an abstract game, but again, it looks beautiful. I'm going to def- definitely check both of these games out, and that's Fujiyama. I have to admit, I'm very embarrassed. I saw this entry, and you know, the whole you know, charming yet strategic. I'm like, oh, I want to put this on the list. And I actually spent yeah. a fair... I, first of all, I'm an idiot. I didn't recognize that it's two separate games. I feel very oh. silly about that. But I looked at the other one, the Fujiyama, and the yeah. idea that... I, th- I believe it's that, okay, we were tiles, and um, I end up giving you a tile, and I want to give yes. you a bad tile that's not going to be good for you, but then if you right. end up using it anyway, then you get like an extra, or I get a reward? Oh, that's what it was, yeah. So I kind of want to give you a yes. good one that you want to use, but I, because then I'll get a reward, but by the same token, I don't want you to use a good one, so I want to give you a bad one yep. that you won't use. I thought that sounded really cool, and um, yeah. I'd be very interested to know how that works for two, because it, the whole thing is, as you said, I'm doing this with the player to my left and my right. 
Right. Yeah, that, that's that's what I'm wondering too. How the two player version. Yeah, yeah. Like, but yeah, it, it looks it looks wonderful. I, I I love I love it. Wow, I am even more embarrassed. I didn't even see there was a whole second game that looks just <laughs> absolutely lovely. Well, yes. good call. I am very glad you caught that one um, because Thank yeah, you. I think that's worth definitely checking out. As is, folks, our number three from Northwood. Uh, which I have to admit, I had not heard of at all until last night around 1 a.m. when I am dutifully going through the 700 games that are on pre-launch status on BoardGameGeek. And here's the thing, Ruel, I was really shocked this month, more than any other time, there was just a cavalcade of amazing stuff on GameFound. GameFound, watch out, Kickstarter. GameFound is coming for you. This week, I had more GameFound projects that I was interested in than Kickstarter ones, quite frankly. And um, one of them is definitely For Northwood, uh, which is a solo trick-taking game. And I have to admit, I mean... I'm really not that into trick-taking, as a general rule. And honestly, I'm not that much into solo. But um, the video that they've got on here, which is you know one of the great things about GameFound, um, is they can do so much more with their attract pages. They can put videos. They actually have um, you know forums where people can talk. Although apparently, not many people know about For Northwood yet. But they should, because... Let me see. Uh, yeah, They just had uh, Taylor here. I'm not familiar with him. Apparently, Taylor was in the middle of doing a month-long stream uh, or video videos about uh, solo trick takers. Um, And I I don't want to spoil his video, but he declared this one was the best one he played over the month uh, because it added so much more. And Taylor did such an amazing job of getting me excited about this as he was demonstrating it with the digital implementation, but this is obviously going on GameFound to get a physical copy. So here's the deal. It is a trick-taking game doing all the standard trick-taking stuff of, you know, oh, there's the lead and you have to follow. If you can't follow, then you can, you know, use alternate suits and there's Trump suits and all that. And the way it works is, as part of setup, there are a bunch of adorable absolutely adorable animals. And at the beginning of a round, you pick one of these animals to say, hey, this is the animal I am going to befriend. But that means, okay, to befriend that one, I have to win six tricks, uh, you know, in the upcoming rounds of trick-taking. Or, oh, that one's a bit easier. I only have to win three tricks to get that particular one. But what you're doing there, when you pick which animal you're going to visit, you are committing to, I must win exactly this many tricks. No more, no less. You know, which is something you see in some trick-taking games where you, like, have to hit a specific score. And so you have to do that. And then you just start playing solo trick-taking against a deck. The deck uh, is always the lead. They always draw the first card. And so then you have to follow, or you can break and just follow all the regular trick-taking stuff. But the the trick is, as you actually make friends with these creatures, if you can hit the targets you set for yourself, they give you cool special powers that let you break all the normal trick-taking rules. And as well, there are ally cards that are on the board at all times as well that let you, you know, change cards, draw extra cards, swap them, break the normal trick-taking rules. And I actually watched the, um, uh, again, I can't say how late it was at night. I was just so entranced by Taylor's demo. It's like, this looks like so much freaking fun. I definitely want to try it. And now, I'm just going to throw this out there for the developers of uh, For Northwood, which, hey, congratulations. It looks like you have made an absolutely phenomenal thing that I didn't even know existed. Solo trick-taking. And apparently you've done it better than anybody else. I am hoping, 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 maybe if you're successful, maybe if you have a stretch goal, you might do the whole owner him thing and come up with a two-player set of rules, too. Because, I mean, as I was watching this, I could totally see how, with a few tweaks, I could play this two-player with Jen, and both of us are working cooperatively. We've had a few cooperative trick-taking games over the last few years. Some of them are amazing. Some of them are like, eh, it's not quite there. I think this could be one of the best. It already looked, well, according to Taylor, who studied all of them, it is the best solo trick taker. And again, go check out the GameFound page. The links are all these down in the show notes. Watch a few minutes of Taylor walking through this digital implementation. Um, and I think you will be as impressed as I am with our number three for Northwood. Wow, I need to watch that video. If I mean, I didn't know solo trick taking was a thing, honestly. So it's a thing. Yeah, this is news to me too. Yeah, I, I, I this just got past me. But that's what we're here for. Does you know dig up those gems? Yeah. And I, 
I am excited about this. Yeah, I played you know some uh, cooperative uh, trick takers. Uh, it's like Fox in the Forest uh, duet yeah. or duel or whatever it is and stuff like that. But this, oh, a, a solo one. I I'm all about it, and it looks adorable. The art yeah. is so cute, and yeah, that's good call. Thanks. I'm I'm, I'm definitely checking that one. Out. All right. But let's move on to our number two. Uh, we're gonna, we, you know, that that that's you know a, a wonderful choice. But I think you're gonna like this one. I, I'm almost positive this was on your list as well. Yeah. Our number two is a new not a new Naki Dawn of the Gods. Ah, yes, um, folks. If you want this, to know if this was on my list, another reason to watch the extended episode is after we're here done doing the show that you're watching right now, we're gonna go back to the live audience and we're gonna tell them all the other games that didn't quite make the list. And I'll tell you whether um, uh, Anunnaki made my list or not. But, Ruel, why don't you tell the nice people about it? Yeah, uh, it's a 4X game by Simone Luciani. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know that name, Mm -hmm. folks, Luciani, Sulkin, Barrage, Voyager Marco Polo. You can go on and on. Just an amazing designer. And this is the latest. And we'll see if it's the greatest uh, game. Uh, It's interesting. It's set in the past, but it's like a dystopian past. So you've got mythology and sci-fi clashing. And, you know, I like my Forex games. So you're going to be building bases, recruiting troops, you know, and exploring, developing your tech. Um, you know, partnering sometimes by with trade contracts, but of course you're gonna eventually gonna start fighting uh, using your armies and stuff. And this is this is what really caught my eye. Now, of course, the designer's pedigree, of course, caught my eye. But they they claim to have this really interesting and innovative action selection system. So you can actually they don't claim you know, they your do. Actions in a, this action selection right? system is amazing. Yeah, right. And so um, I mean, I don't know how closely you looked at it, but I thought it was interesting. Like you can go down like a predetermined path, right? Yeah. Uh, actions path. And then you can re like they call it reincarnating the gods or whatever to perform those actions, or you can use uh, pre-established uh, uh, paths, or you can uh, give up some of those deities and jump freely from action to action. Which wow, I do you know I I've not heard of anything like that. I think that's really interesting. They got one path that you can do, yeah. or you can just jump from exactly uh, and give yeah. up something and jump to jump to jump. Yeah, it's 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 all to do with this star. Every this is every player's board that they've got in front of them, and basically yes. there are all these different action tiles you can do that let you do different things. And of course they're tiles, so they can be moved around, they can be changed, and all yeah. that. But the thing is, once you do the action over on the far right side of the uh, of your star, you do that action. The next the uh-huh. thing you should do is the next one in order because if you do these uh, as you said on the prescribed path then you will get to fill these spaces in between and get bonuses so your ideal thing is right okay what is the path i'm going to follow along this star and okay if i do the it's like i'm i'm forcing myself into a programming language i do x and then y and then z and i'll pick up all these bonuses but in any given time you want this is an area control game and you know what what you thought you were going to conquer maybe you can't conquer anymore and to heck with that i'm not going to do this action i'm going to jump all the way over here and start making a different path this is one of the coolest action collection selection systems i've seen in a long time yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's really exciting. And, you know, again, it's going to change based on, you know, what your opponents are doing. And, you know, hey, maybe I can't take that path now. I've got to jump over here in order to fend off so-and-so coming out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I cannot wait to see this. And that's why it's our number two. Anunu- I want to say, am I saying it correctly? It's, it's such an interesting name, right? Anunnaki, Anu- I think. Anunnaki. That's Dawn my guess. Of the gods. Dawn of the Gods. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, from um, one of my top ten designers of all time. Simone Luciani. Yes, I... Obviously, it didn't make my top five, which is what this list is. My five favorites, your five favorites fused together. But, um, oh, I have more thoughts about it, definitely. Um, Yeah, and I I definitely think it earns this spot so high on our list at number two. But, um, nope, uh, there is another one that I don't think you'll be able to argue against, Ruel. It is very important now that we talk about the number one game on um, our list today... Sleeping Gods, Distant Skies. Yeah. Did you know that was coming? I mean, oh yeah. Of course, yeah. I, of course it's, you did. Uh, but did anybody yeah. not see that coming? If you're actually paying attention, <laughs> this is another one that's on GameFound. By the way, I, I should point out. And um, just in case the uh, the name Sleeping Gods doesn't mean anything to you, this is um, the next game from designer artist extraordinaire Ryan Lockett. And Sleeping Gods was a big, expansive, narrative, story-driven game that has hundreds of hours of gameplay, and probably more so than any other board game in history, really captures that open-world feel, go wherever you want, do whatever you want, that we see so often in video games like Red Dead Redemption or something like that. And Sleeping Gods 
truly brought that into board gamedom and did it brilliantly. I mean, I think it's gotten near universal praise. Absolutely amazing. And so now, here's a sequel. And this is not a, uh, you know, uh, the same game or this is not an expansion. This is a whole new game because in the original Sleeping Gods, we were in this fantastical Land of the Lost style world and we were, um, you know, uh, basically um, getting around from place to place on a, on a, a 20 era steamer ship. Now we are flying around. We are traveling the distant skies of the Land of the Sleeping Gods. So I expect traveling around the world will be different because, hey, no surprise, uh, it is different to fly than to sail. But I expect the same incredible presentation, the same epic, wonderful, warm, and human, uh, just beautifully uh, told stories and whatnot, and uh, really, really smart gameplay. Uh, Sleeping Gods was a co-op. This is another co-op where players share control over a uh, ragtag group of people who are just trying to find a way to get home, much like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition when the greatest earthquake ever known. Um, I, I will stop right there. Uh, uh, so the the subject matter is great, wonderful, warm, evocative. Everybody loves Sleeping Gods, and I can only assume this is Ryan, or the artist designer, taking all the lessons he learned from his magnum opus and doing even more with it. Which is why it's our number one, Sleeping Gods: Distant yeah. Skies. Very, very, very nice choice. Cannot yes. argue that no. one bit. Ryan Lockett, you know, as he said, a board game designer, artist, design extraordinaire, uh, amazing. Can't wait to check it out. All right. All right. Well, cool. We well. have done it again, Ruel, right. once again. Um, but the question is, uh, did you folks do it? Did you hear one of us say the secret word purple? If so, what was the game? Send that to contest at rotto.com. You've got a week to do it. And hopefully you can win a copy of Decorum from our sponsor, Floodgate Games. And believe me, you'll be very happy if you do. Uh, I... I've just been sitting here the whole time. I just want to get Jen back in here and keep playing. All right. Yep. yep. Okay. Okay. So, that'll be it. That, That's it for today, right? That would be it then. We are done. Okay. And, um, oh, one other thing I should say before you go, folks. By the way, if you are having trouble catching the secret words... I understand. We can be pretty sneaky about it sometimes. Did you know that if you subscribe to the Twitch feed, which means you can watch us live on Twitch without ads, or if you back the Rotto Runs Through Patreon for just a dollar a month, you'll unlock all kinds of benefits, one of which is we'll just come right out and tell you when the secret word was so you can enter the contest without any of the stress of trying to, you know, listen. So, just throwing that out there in case you're curious, but otherwise, well... Thank you for um, weathering the storm or the lack of power, as happened this morning, uh, and showing up for one more episode. Thanks for everybody watching. And uh, most importantly to me at this point, thank you very much to sponsor the show, Floodgate Games. Have a nice day, everybody. Talk to you later. So long. Uh, Bye-bye.